Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to GVN's Talking Comics interview. On today's show, we welcome Doug Wagner, writer-creator for Image Comics' upcoming title, Vinyl. Here's your host, Martin Sexton. Welcome once again to another edition of GVN's Talking Comics. I'm your host, Martin. And today we're talking to actually a second time visitor for GVN. Uh, uh, that's uh, Doug Wagner, who's the writer of a new book, called Vinyl, which uh, if you ever read his book, Plastic, uh, it's series Plastic, it's it's almost like it's grandson or an attachment to it. Uh, and if it's anything like plastic, um, we got something to look forward to. Uh, so we're going to talk to him about that and COVID and pretty much all, anything else we can come up with. So let's welcome uh, Wagner to uh, GVN's Talking Comics. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing today? All right. Uh, so... I've talked to a bunch of different creators, and of course, the creators, especially, you know, like I said, we're finally getting off the COVID uh, situation, working our way toward it. And of course, most of the creators I've talked to said that the COVID thing wasn't as hard on them, mainly because they're used to working from home. Uh, so, you know, they just, they got plenty of time to work. Uh, so exactly how did it uh, affect you? And did you, did you think you might have learned, you know, during this whole last year, which has been pretty much hard on everybody, do you think you might have learned anything that would benefit you as we're now getting to the end of it? Oh, yeah, I think, um, I mean, COVID, you know, the whole pandemic thing, and, you know, it, they are correct, creators, you know, it was easier for us because we were used to being at home. Um, but, you know, the first three months when comic book shops, even when Diamond shut down for a while, was terrifying. Um, we, you know, as, as a comic creator, you're not sure, you know, whether the industry is going to survive that and how long it's going to be before we get back to normal and that kind of thing. So, you know, it had me really questioning, like, you know, will I be a writer next year? you know, kind of thing, like, will, will there be an industry for me to, to write for? Um, so that was terrifying for a while. But then after, you know, you kind of the, you get past the first couple of months of that, I think I started to evolve and like, okay, so wait a minute, I don't want to stop writing. How else can we like evolve to make sure that this stays alive? And, and you know, so sort of reaching out to shops and saying, hey, how can I help you guys? You know, is there any way, you know, I can help you guys make more money, that kind of stuff. Um, and even, you know, we started looking into crowdfunding, like, you know, you and I talked about Yumi and it, and it was, um, you know, so you, we kind of had to evolve as an industry. And I think you're seeing like Boom's doing Kickstarters now and, and Scott Snyder and Afua Richardson for Image did Kickstarters. So we're seeing like a whole new evolution in the comic book industry that I think is going to be better for everybody. And coming out on the other end, but I think it's like, you know, it, the entertainment industry has always been like, you know, you kind of have to be very careful of planning too far ahead because you never know how things are going to change. And I think that was one of the big lessons coming out of you know the pandemic is like hey don't get too caught up in your plans for say next five years from now uh focus on what you can do now and, and like stay stay fluid and stay flexible on like what those plans could be and, and how you can change them if something were to happen and um 
you know, that it's, it's really, it's really interesting, like trying to stay flexible when you think, Hey, I have a five-year plan, but you have to now. That's what it taught me. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's funny, you're talking about the Kickstarter thing. The Kickstarter is my way of thinking almost kind of replaced something like the Comic-Cons because it was a great way to, you know, put your, still put your work out there, but also to connect with the fans, you know, with different, you know, uh, you know, signed editions and different things you could offer, uh, which is uh, you stick a signed book in front of my face and I say, okay, I want one. Yeah, sir. Uh, so uh, I say it was kind of a nice kind of replacement for the uh, for the comic cons, which uh, uh, hopefully we're going to get back to some of that. Um, oh, yeah, I love those. Yeah, is that okay? So, like I said, back in February when I uh, talked to you about Yumi, uh, which uh, was a really fun book, uh, I said, of course, I, I did the basic, you know, how you got started and everything, and you made a mention of uh, how Chris Claremont's work on the X-Men affected you. Uh, could you go a little further into what you exactly meant by that? Yeah, this, this one's going to get a little sappy, so get ready. So That's like, all right. Go ahead. Back, back when I was uh, 14, 13, 14 years old, um, I was struggling. You know, I, I didn't fit in at school. You know, there was a lot of, you know, I, I was getting bullied a lot, that kind of thing. Um, and during that time, like one of the bright points of my life was my father. Like I visited my father every weekend, and, and like that was always the, the highlight of my life. Unfortunately, at that point, he had a massive coronary and he passed away. And so, you know, here I am struggling in the rest of my life. And the only bright point in my life was like taken away from me. So I kind of bumped into Chris Claremont's X-Men at the time. And to be honest with you, like that became the new bright point in my life. So Chris Claremont, in a lot of ways, like changed how I viewed life. He kind of saved me from going down this really dark path of possibly, you know, you know, where I was already thinking about suicide and those kind of things. And so there was this monthly, like, I had something to look forward to every month. So I loved waiting for the next, you know, Uncanny X-Men. So, you know, I mean, you know, as, as sappy as it sounds and crazy as it sounds, you know, Chris Claremont kind of like was the bright point of my life for several years there that I desperately needed. I don't know what my life would have turned out without it. And actually, I mean, you're not the first creator that I've heard say that, you know, especially in their, young, in their younger years, right, that, you know, just gave them something to latch on to. Uh, and, and I can understand, you know, back when I was a kid, uh, I believe I was kind of like autistic before it was actually a cold thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, horrible, you know, self-esteem issues at that time. And comics, which is, uh, uh, that's when I kind of got into comics, right, it just kind of gave me something to latch on to. Uh, so yeah, I can certainly understand that. Um, okay, so uh, you said you're one of the writers, like I said, that have done a little bit of everything. You've covered all kinds of different genres. You've written for you know the mainstream comics, DC, uh, especially like uh, Batman Arkham Origins, and of course you created your own your own uh, characters. Which one do you think gives you the most satisfaction? And is or is there it's a tiny different? Is it two separate categories? It's it's really two separate categories. I mean, you, you know, every project's kind of unique in itself. But you know, working for something like Arkham Origins and you're doing Batman, um, a lot of the pressure is off of you as a creator to invent something new, you know, and that hopefully people resonate with people. Batman already resonates with millions of people. So you just don't want to like mess that one up. And um, especially with the Arkham Origins, like we had a, such a fantastic team on there. The book was fun to work on. You know, not every project is fun to work on. So the benefits of, um, you know, create your own books is like you're kind of picking your team. So you always know, like, well, you hope that your team's fun to work right. with. And, um, and so there's, but there's this also this, like, it's, there's a heavy burden on you. Like you're creating something from scratch and you're wondering, and I, I wonder if anybody will read this and am I doing a good job? You, wanna, you don't want to rewrite Batman in your own book. You know, you're creating right. something new and you want to try to stay away from that. And then of course you're like, well, everybody reads Batman. Will anybody read plastic or vinyl? 
you know, so like, yeah, it's, it's, it's two totally different um, aspects of it. And it's, it's funny because I can think about it and I know there's a switch in my head that switches from one to the other when I'm working on different projects. So the creator-owned thing, I, I move a lot more slowly on because I am creating something from, from scratch. And then when you're working with Batman or something, you know, World of Warcraft, something on those long, along those lines, your research is more into like, let me make sure I'm not duplicating what's already been done, but staying true to the original so that people don't like go, hey, you ruined Batman for me, you know, kind of thing. So like, there's two totally different like uh, uh, weights on your shoulder, depending on whether you're working with a, a pre-existing character or a new character. But I love them both. Like it's, it's always, you know, I mean, I, I can't say I'm always happy with how, how my turns out on every one of them, but I love what I do. So, you know, it, it's fantastic. Excellent. Okay, now speaking of vinyl, okay, now back in 2017, when you did Plastic, uh, did did you expect it to be as popular as it was? And at that time after you finished it, were you even thinking about possibly doing another book in that genre? Yeah, I mean, we had no clue plastic was going to do as well as it did. Um, you know, we had a lot of people when Daniel and I, we, we both loved the idea, but there were several people that were like, man, I'm not sure you want to do something like this. This is like, you know, pushing some boundaries and, and you know, it could, it could backfire on you. And so we had no clue anybody was going to like it, but we loved it. So, you know, it's more important that we get it out for us just as much as it was for anybody else. And then when it took off, it just really surprised us. And, um, you know, we were both like, wow, we didn't realize people were going to respond to it. And it was going to resonate quite as strongly as it did. And so, yeah, we kind of like, we, then we started toying with like, hey, do we want to do like a sequel to Plastic or, you know, something different? And um, at that point, I started having this idea of like basically a, a Justice League of serial killers and what that would look like. so that's kind of like where the seeds of vinyl started being planted and uh you know with plastic doing so well i actually called and talked to eric stevenson for a while one day just going hey you know what what should we plan next and he actually was the one that was kind of like hey have you thought about doing maybe like a trilogy like plastic vinyl and something else and that's what kind of like the seed was planted so oh, a lot of that a lot of the idea for the title for vinyl and the direction we're going with it uh to eric stevenson because he really helped me out there and it's funny you said the trilogy thing because that was actually one of the things I was going to ask, and I still may anyway. But uh, yeah, I was going to ask you if you had a third <laughs> one in mind. So stop stealing my thunder here. Okay. Uh, so, uh, so <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Okay. So I mean, for so for our followers who may not be familiar, you know, may not have read plastic, uh, but could you give us a little synopsis of what vinyl's about? So vinyls, yeah. vinyl's a fun one. Um, vinyl follows, as you can see, like we can see the, the image there of, of, of the first cover with Walter on there. So it all starts out with our, uh, our eclectic uh, serial killer, Walter. He has this loyalty. He believes that the FBI agent that's been investigating him for years, who's trying to put him in prison, is his best friend because it's the only person that shows up to lunch every time. And so he has this like dedication and loyalty to him, you know, even though they, he knows in his head that they're, you know, opposites. This is the guy that I at least talks to him on a regular basis. And when a, uh, a crazy sunflower cult uh, comes and basically takes away Dennis, who's the FBI agent, and is going to do who knows what to him, uh, Walter, I can't let this stand. So I'll get together with a bunch of my serial killer friends and, and we will rescue an FBI agent. You know, So that's like the basic synopsis for, for vinyl. Yeah, you, you write some weird, weird. But I like it a lot. Okay, so you're working with Daniel Hilliard again, uh, and you worked with him multi uh, in multiple books. 
so when was the uh, first time that you and him got together? Which was the first book that you wrote together or did together? This was back in, the, you know, I want to preface this by saying this was back in the Obama administration, so it didn't quite have the stigma that it has now. But the first thing we worked on was a book comic uh, that was based on the ICE organization um, back before they put children in cages, that kind of stuff. So, you know, that's an unfortunate uh, you know, evolution for us for ICE that it became what it is today and the stigma that it has. But, uh, but you know, back then it was just like, hey, we're going to have fun doing an action film based on this law enforcement agency that nobody had heard about at that time. Um, and so we started doing that. We actually did three uh, trades for, or no, two trades for that one. And then just kind of like Daniel and I just loved working together. And so we kind of became like brothers kind of in a way. And, and we just like, we're like, yeah, we work on, we work with each other every day now. And we, and we have since that day. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, pitching him ideas and, you know, it was like, Hey, what do you want to do next? You know, I pitched him a couple ideas and he's, he's the one that does plastic. And I was like, Oh really? You want to do this one? And he's like, yes. And that's where kind of like the evolution of, of where we're at now started. Okay. And, and that's interesting uh, because, and when I first actually started doing, doing interviews, I always assumed that the writer and the artist just worked hand in hand most of the time. And I found out uh, as I progressed that sometimes that wasn't the case. Sometimes they've never met each other and, or, you know, basically they turned the script to the uh, artist and they've never met the man or never said all they get to see is the work, you know, after the fact. Uh, but in your case, you actually, you know, you, you sit there and discuss with Daniel kind of what, what exactly you want to do. Yes. And that's, that's, if you go back to what you were asking me earlier, like what's the, the positives and negatives to like, say, working for DC versus your own. Um, with DC, you rarely get to interact with your creative team. Um, you know, usually there's an editor that's kind of the go-between for everything. So you may never even talk to the people oh. that you're working with. Um, the great thing about creator own books is at least with me, I like to work really closely because I want the artists to be motivated so that they're doing their best work. So I'm going to talk to them probably too much, <laughs> you know, be <laughs> like, Hey, what do you like drawing? What kind of books do you like to work on? That kind of thing. So that like, I want them to look at every page and go, man, I can't wait to draw this. So with Daniel, we talk very regularly. I mean, we email daily. He's in Spain. So we, you know, obviously we can't talk every day, but, um, but like we, we get on Zoom on a regular basis and we just talk things out. And, and you know, I want <clears throat> very important to me that he's enjoying the process and, and, and it's loving the book that he's working on. So, yeah, I love to work really closely, like even with Dave Stewart on the colors, like Daniel and I were like, hey, Dave, like, you know, you're incredible. Like, what can we do to help you? And he kind of asked us a bunch of questions. and We worked really closely, do the same thing with the letterer as well. Like, I mean, Ed, you know, what, what can we do that people maybe haven't seen yet? You know, so that he's motivated to like, oh, I want to try new things. See, to me, that would be a, a really good atmosphere to work in, uh, because I like bouncing ideas back and forth. Uh, so did any of Daniel's work on vinyl surprise you, or by now you pretty much know what you get when you're working with Daniel? Oh, no, you never know. You know, Daniel always, Daniel always shows me a surprise here and there. Um, when we were talking about the, the mom character, you know, the, the lady that opens up the first vinyl book that's dragging the axe behind her. Um, you know, I was like, Hey, I got this idea for this creepy, you know, mother character, like, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, you know, what do you got? And when he sent me the thing, I was like, Oh my God, you know, my, my head at first was like, can we do this? Like, does this make any sense? And then I'm like, wait a minute, we're doing vinyl. We don't have to make sense. You know, like, you know, we can, we can create every, whatever characters we want. And, um, no, I mean, dude, it's, what's great about working with him is he'll put little stuff in the background because he's such a detail guy that, um, that just end up being a part of the book. Like if, at one point he drew a butterfly in one of the scenes and then the butterfly from that point became part of my scripts to where like this butterfly kind of follows Walter around. So we have this like theme going on of, of you know, we, we always refer to it as the butterfly of doom. 
And, uh, you know, it always comes in at the right points. And um, so, yeah, I mean, Daniel's just, he's wonderful to work with because he always gives me better and better ideas. He makes me a better writer. And, uh, you know, sometimes he'll do a splash page of something and I'm like, oh my God, dude, this is fantastic. And then I'm like, oh, I have to make this sure it comes full circle by the end. So yeah, I mean, he's wonderful to work with. Now, so do you supply him full scripts or outlines or how do you, how do you, uh, what's your collaboration like? Well, I work really close through the whole process so a lot of times like i'll send him a paragraph of hey here's the idea and then i'll build on that and build a bigger summary and go okay what do you think about this and then i'll make a page by page summary and show him that and uh build on that and then by the end of the day we're at a full script but he's he's in every step of the process until we get there to make sure that like we're doing we both want to do the best book we possibly can so i i really value his input and what's cool is like he always returns that favor to me so he'll send me his layouts he sends me his pencils and, you know, we give each other notes all the way through the process to make sure that we're like delivering the best thing we possibly can. Okay. So as I said, you beat me to the, th to the thunder here. Okay. So and I said, you, so you've done plastic and you've done vinyl, except this thing's calling for a third one. Uh, and I was sitting there thinking, well, maybe latex, cardboard. Eh, blue, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so so uh, obviously that is something that you've, you've considered. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're definitely, I mean, we, we refer to it as the material trilogy. And, um, and Daniel and I have an idea for the third one. I don't want to give too much away because it, it's, not, it's not a logical step. You know, you hear a lot of people will say plastic, vinyl, leather. Ours, it, it, we can't, you know us, we can't do logic. So, you know, we're not going to follow that natural progression. But we do have a third one already in mind. And uh, we're already kicking around, you know, summaries and that kind of stuff on it. And uh, yeah, it's going to be just as crazy as, as the first two. So see that we got something to look forward to. Okay, well, I, let's say I want to thank you so much for sharing a bit of your uh, day with me, Doug. Uh, but before we close, I said, uh, besides vinyl, of course, do you have any other projects coming up that you want or can share with our followers? Yeah, nothing I can share yet. I mean, really, this year was, as you know, like the, the first two Kickstarters with uh, Brian Selfrey and Thomas River, which you can still pick up. Um, Yumi with White Silva uh, was, you know, another Kickstarter we did, which you can still pick up. And then vinyl. So th those have been my main three projects. And with vinyl coming out the next six months, that's kind of like, as a writer, you're kind of the manager of the team. So, you know, putting all the colors and letters and, and getting all that stuff done together uh, takes a lot of my time. So that, that's my primary focus right now. All right, very good. Well, uh, so we'll, we'll, of course, be following vinyl very closely. And uh, I'll hopefully get a chance to talk to you again real soon. Oh, thanks. Anytime, Martin. Thank you for having me on. All right. I appreciate it. You have a good day. You too. Thank you for listening to GVN's Talking Comics. Please come back again. Talking Comics is a production of Geek Vibes Nation. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.